0: This is DMOU, Destination Marketing Organization University, the DMO Sectors podcast, and I'm your host, Bill Geist. DMOU is where you hear the best and the brightest in the destination marketing space, sharing innovative and compelling stories to inspire you to take your destination and organization to the next level. The format for our conversations on DMOU is elegantly simple. It's three questions and a bonus round. And this episode is sponsored by Destinations International, which is making plans to convene the DMO sectors leaders at the 2023 CEO Summit April 3rd through 5th in Victoria, BC. You can join your industry colleagues as you continue the journey to navigate and overcome the complexities of the past three years. You can enjoy and learn from inspirational conversations with your peers, share your experiences and concerns in a setting of openness and trust, and you'll be provoked, prodded, and challenged to explore the most pressing leadership and industry issues through remarkable keynotes, hot topic presentations, breakout sessions, and panel discussions. It's the CEO Summit in Victoria, April 3, 4, and 5. To learn more, go to destinationsinternational.org. And now it's on to our show. As the Senior VP of Travel for BVK, Victoria Simmons' expertise is understanding the cultural and consumer behavior trends that are driving the travel industry forward. Victoria thrives on marrying science and art to translate research insights into category-changing work for brands in all sectors of the travel industry, from destinations like Travel Wyoming and the Dominican Republic Ministry of Tourism to lodging companies, including the Broadmoor and Legendary Hotels. This proven approach has created powerful campaigns such as That's Why, a national movement to inspire visitors to explore the lesser known aspects of Wyoming, and Chasing the Sun, a digital magazine produced in partnership with L.L. Bean to introduce novice adventurers to the main lifestyle. Victoria is passionate about advancing the industry and is regularly consulted as a thought leader on marketing, innovation, and consumer behavior. Her insights have most recently appeared in the Wall Street Journal, Washington Post, Forbes, Media Post, and she's appeared at U.S. Travel Association's ESTO Conference. Victoria Simmons, welcome to DMOU.
1: Hi, Bill. Thank you.
0: Hey, before we begin, I want to thank you and the team at BVK for inviting me to be part of your Tailwinds video series during the height of COVID. It was fun to ideate with you and Kevin, and also it was just a joy to discover the very cool Sanjay suit. So I just love the way that dude thinks. So thank you so much for including me in that. And uh, I, I'm not even sure it's available still online, but if it is, tell us where to find it.
1: Yeah, you can go to bvk.com/tailwinds. That's still a series that's available. And, you know, always love to be able to collaborate with people like you, Bill, who are, I feel like always kind of pushing DMOs forward and to think about innovative new ways and to bring insights from other categories. So, you know, just like we brought in Sanjay from Stanford Business School, it was great to collaborate just with people, you know, across the industry and, you know, collaborators from other industries as well.
0: Well, and that's what I loved about the whole series was bringing in people that were outside of the absolute kind of confines of DMO land. And Sanjay certainly was and made me think. So thank you again for that opportunity. So last December, BVK released your 2023 trends predictions for the travel industry. And I was immediately struck by how they really mirror some of these societal trends that were predicted a number of years ago by Roy Williams and his 40-year pendulum theory. So for those not familiar with the pendulum theory, Roy has identified that for hundreds of years, society drifts from a focus on me to we roughly every 40 years. And then it goes back to me 40 years later. 2023 for Roy is the zenith of we. It's as far into we as we're going to get. And now the pendulum starts to swing back into something that is a bit more balanced. Now, it's going to take a number of years, obviously, but that balance kind of was mirrored in some of your uh, research. So I saw hints in the BVK trends that indicate that travel is, is headed back to me as well. So for the first question, the BVK trends include the recognition that we are going through an online identity crisis. How should destination marketers respond to this schizophrenia?
1: So first, Bill, I want to commend you for actually reading the trends. I know, right, so so many of of them come out at the beginning of the year that sometimes I feel like we get overwhelmed and overlook some of them. We try to be really purposeful about understanding cultural trends because that's really what's driving, right, what we see on the travel side. And I love that you were able to connect that to some of, you know, some of Roy's work. You know, when you and I first talked about this pendulum shift to me, I don't know how I felt about that. I, come, I came away kind of from that initial conversation thinking when we say the word me, it feels very self-centered and self-serving. Um, so, I've been thinking a lot about that and how that manifests in some of the trends we were seeing. And, you know, for me, I think because the pendulum is just beginning to shift more toward me, um, we're seeing that look inward towards self actualization, self betterment, and thinking about how we can be the best versions of ourselves and how that might impact people in the planet. So I think there's still very much a community-minded focus as we begin to reflect inward. And I think we kind of sort of see that with this maybe what we're calling an online identity crisis, this idea that the fusion of our worlds between online and our impersonal identities continue to just really become very prevalent as we see you know, the metaverse and VR and social media, there's there's no shortage of ways for us to express ourselves digitally. But I think there's some negative uh, impacts and some opportunities that marketers really need to be aware of when we think about that sort of identity crisis. Um, I think some of the positive aspects of that we see with our younger generations, you know, 62% of millennials and 60% of Gen Zers think really hard about how they want to represent themselves online and thinking that that may be more important than, you know, their real life self. Um, We see that in the way that they consume and interact with the digital world. Um, 55% uh, agree that consumers have trouble and um, one of the negatives is that, you know, consumers do have trouble determining fact from fiction online. I think that's prevalent in maybe some of my generation's Gen X and older generations don't seem to understand or thrive as much you know, going seamlessly between the online and offline uh, real worlds, that some of the younger generation that just comes naturally to them and they seem to thrive in that space.
0: I hear what you're saying when you say that, you know, the pendulum going towards me feels a little like, ooh, because I think many of us remember the me era 40 years ago, and that was the zenith of me and the zenith either side, the zenith of me or the zenith of we for Roy Williams is bad. <laughs> the zenith is when we say, okay, enough of that. Let's get back to what's really important. And right. so, we've got a number of years. Obviously, we've got 40 years until we get to the absolute end of rational me and it gets to the point where yeah. we just go, "Oh, enough, enough, enough. Let's let's get back to being a society that that cares about one another." And so, you know, I think we've got an interesting path going forward. I mean, we're we're not out of the woods on we yet, but mm-hmm. I don't think that we have to fear the the me side of it, but I think there's, as you're saying, I think there's some real interesting opportunities for us to tap into marketing a message that says, "Be yourself," whatever self that is, (laughs) your digital self or your real self. So, the BVK trends also point to this year's travelers being more intentional and responsible, which after the irresponsibility of the past three years is a welcome sight. How should we tap into those shifts about travel choice and the actions that people take when they're in our markets?
1: Yeah, I think it's this notion of sort of intentional living and intentional livelihoods, you know, in response to sort of the volatility that we've all been through. You know, people are really focusing on what they can control and being in control. And and I think that's really kind of what's fueling sort of this introspection we're seeing right now. And that's looking for balance across all aspects, you know, of our lives. You know, we see that people are really reporting that they want to feel more present every day, more present with their friends and their families. They want, you know, a much greater work-life balance. In fact, you know, many People say that, you know, 64% of people in a, you know, recent GWI survey say that work-life balance is just the second most important thing behind being compensated in terms of salary. Wow. So we're definitely seeing a shift to understanding what's important to us personally and how that might manifest in the way that we go, you know, and live our lives. And I think that certainly has big impacts for travel. You know, we know that people more and more are aligning their own personal values with the destinations they're choosing and the brands they choose to interact with.
0: So along that line, I mean, we have a lot of destinations, uh, and I'm sure there are some in some of your client states like Wyoming, that the irresponsibility that we saw coming out of COVID, that the rules don't apply to me, I can do whatever I want, or it was novices, rookies that didn't know that you don't just leave your trash in a national park, you have to take it back home with you or at least find a trash can. How does a destination marketing organization address that, both to encourage the visitor to say, hey, guys, this is uh, our home, and you wouldn't do this in your home, but at the same time to talk to residents to assure them that we get it, that we, we don't want the negative aspects of tourism to impede their quality of life is, is that part of the marketing message as well?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, as we navigated sort of this post pandemic time, we saw residents really, you know, wanting to have a much bigger voice and how tourism plays out in their communities. And I do think we had many people starting travelers beginning to think about what impacts might I have on a community communities that I visit so we're seeing many of our clients, you know, embark on travel responsibly campaigns. And that's kind of the Wyoming work that you had referenced, or educating travelers on, you know, the impacts that they have on the communities that they visit. I think that education is manifesting in many different ways. I think we saw some bad behavior during the pandemic, but we also saw a lot of good behavior too that we can capitalize on. You know, I think visitors want to interact with the local community. They want to buy from local businesses. They want to volunteer. They want to give back. So I think we're like trying to challenge many of our uh, clients and travel brands to think about how visitors can play active roles in communities, even as they travel. You know, one of the... Um, new educational opportunities that I'm really excited about is some of the work that we're doing with the Transformational Travel Council. So BBK has become just recently an allied member and a corporate sponsor of this organization. So they are really thinking about travel's role in sort of the transformation economy, thinking about know, consumption and experiences that are driven by self-transformation. So this is an organization that's really, it's a member-based organization that's focused on delivering, you know, transformational education, training, um, events about transformational travel, helping travel brands and destination organizations understand regenerative design human connection and really kind of the solidarity that comes from travel and, you know, learning from different cultures and different people through travel. Um, So I'm actually going to take their 10-week transformational design course. So I'm just really excited about learning tangibly how to teach clients and travel brands about how to think about experiences that are transformational for people, but also regenerative for communities and the planet.
0: So let me take you down the other side of that question, and that was the intentional travel. And, you know, with all due respect to the work of Destinations International and their call to not weaponize travel in response to political legislation statements, are you finding that today's traveler is making a decision probably more not to go to a place than to go to a place because of politics? Or is that really the realm of convention planners saying, okay, we're not going to do that state because you just came out against women's rights?
1: You know, it's interesting you bring that up on the I'm on Destination International's Advocacy Committee, and that has definitely been a topic of discussion recently. I think that we're seeing that more on the M and C side because you see the immediate impact of that greatly. Yeah. I know that we're gonna see that on the leisure side, you know, particularly as we think about younger generations, Gen Z in particular. They are um a generation that is very focused on inclusivity and welcoming brands, organizations, communities, and it's going to be a hard stop for that consumer in terms of really aligning themselves with destinations that reflect those inclusive values. But I do think there's a lot of things that you know, destination marketers and travel brands can do to lean into the positive things that they are doing to foster that kind of inclusive and, you know, connectivity and being just, you know, really honest and transparent with how they're working through those initiatives with their city managers, county managers, governors at the state level. Um, I think transparency is going to be key to kind of working through some of those issues.
0: So third question, outside of the trends deck that listeners can access on bvk.com, you're also seeing, you told me, a significant shift in the way that Gen Z travels. Now, every generation travels differently, but you're of the mind that this is a monumental shift of how Gen Z travels that you think is going to transform travel for all the generations. Tell us what you're seeing.
1: So, yeah, this is a topic that I am just completely and utterly fascinated by. <laughs> you know, Gen Z now spans numerous life stages from teenagers to college students, young professionals. They're the most diverse generational cohort that we have seen to date. And only 53% of this generation is non-Hispanic white so obviously we understand why inclusivity is so central to who they are but it's sort of this innate value of inclusion that really informs their perception of organizations and brands and you know we've already talked about them being really passionate about the types of brands and experiences and communities that they're going to connect with. One of the other things that I find so fascinating about this generation is kind of their design aesthetic, right? We're all marketers and this sort of polished and professional way that we all represent our brands is, Counterculture to this new generation, which granted they have been traveling with families and they're just emerging as a new travel audience for us, but they really place a lot of value on realism. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're drawn to the imperfect and the authentic, and you know, we see that in the way that they visually express themselves you know, their design aesthetic is bright with clashing colors, you know, collage and layers and unretouched and low resolution imagery and messy backgrounds and, you know, photo dumps and, you know, just being really down to earth and conversational in their language and being so much more candid and ironic with their humor and the way that they communicate. I think these are things that You know, client side and even agency side, like we will begin to struggle with. It's just fundamentally different than how we (laughs) can represent brands. You know, part of understanding that will be hiring young people into our organization who naturally know how to make these types of connections. Um, You know, 55% versus 45% of Gen Z's prefer to see people living realistic, balanced lives versus seeing people achieving all of their hopes and dreams they are just much more realistic with the way that they approach life.
0: So is there then hope for those communities that are a little long in the tooth? (laughs) The communities that maybe 10 years ago when we would go in and do strategic planning, you know, one of the goals would be we've got to work with Government and property owners to clean this place up because it looks like shit. <laughs> and is there hope then for these communities that have not cleaned up?
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think so. I think, you know, there's a migration with this emerging audience from, you know, the familiar to the novel, you know, because they are just craving this connection with, you know, cultural roots and with people and expanding sort of their mindset that they, you know, aren't necessarily going to visit the icons that past generations did. They don't travel with a list of things to check off. So I think they're looking for those novel off the beaten path experiences. And, you know, those are the very ones that destination organizations, you know, are always challenged to try to highlight and get people to understand. And I think, you know, too, when we think about balancing visitor volume and trying to think about how do we disperse visitors into lesser known areas it plays right into exactly what this audience is
0: looking for. That's great. Perfect. Well, thank you so much. Great insight. Can't let you go until we do the bonus round question. And we share a number of pet peeves about travel because we do it a lot. Those that follow our friend Amir Elan from Longwoods knows that he constantly is posting pictures on social media of people who put their stinky feet up on the bulkhead of planes. That's just his thing, right? (laughs) I created a series a number of years ago of 22 rants that I called Air Laws, in which I call out the worst of the worst behaviors in air travel and suggest punishments that will likely never, ever happen, but they're kind of fun to imagine. Anyway, you share our penchant on pet peeves in travel. So what are some of yours?
1: Okay, so I'm warning you, I'm coming off of three weeks of travel in a row. It's probably like a a heightened topic for me right now. But um, I think people who do not open the window on the plane. I don't know how we gravitated toward a society. Isn't that fascinating? All the windows on the plane are closed. So. I'm lucky I get to travel to a lot of amazing destinations, but who wouldn't open the window when you were flying up the Potomac into Reagan in DC and to see all those fabulous memorials, or flying over Lake Tahoe or the Colorado Rockies, you know, so many iconic gorgeous, like flying into Jackson hole up through the Teton. I mean, you're literally flying through Teton national park and still the windows are closed. So I am just fascinated by that, and I would love to go look at Up Your Punishments, because I think you should add this one to the list.
0: I think we've just identified Air Law 23, (laughs) which people can find on my blog. I didn't say that at the outset. But you know, I have also thought about that, and I, I almost wonder if it didn't come about when all the airlines said, please close your windows because it's summer and it helps keep the plane cool. And then now we realize that a lot of people maybe don't want to look out the window because they're scared flyers. So they just leave it down. Because, I mean, the first thing I do is I put it back up when I sit down in my seat if I'm on the window side. I think it all started then. Yeah. But, yeah, you're you're right. It drives me absolutely crazy. I
1: like that you're giving people the benefit of the doubt, Bill.
0: Maybe they're scared to look out the window, but that certainly didn't stop anybody from flying for the past 50 years. So... Any other pet peeves from your past three weeks?
1: In the past three weeks have been reflecting, you know, we work in travel and sometimes we take it for granted. And I actually have been reflecting on, I mean, what a great job that I have that I get to meet with destination marketers across the country. That I'm in such amazing destinations, you know, as part of my travel, I've gotten to ski Deer Valley and Park City. I've gotten to go for a hike you know, in the snow in Lake Tahoe, just in the past couple of weeks. I mean, just what a wonderful job I have actually is what I've really been reflecting
0: on. Yeah. When people ask me, you know, what's the worst part of my job? And I say, well, it's air travel. And they go, yeah, you know, the airlines. I go, no, 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 I said The airlines do a magnificent job on the most part. And I'm a Delta guy and I give them props all the time, but it's the people I have to deal with on the planes and in the terminals They just don't get it. I mean, they, and I've said this before since COVID, the just look of airline terminals is different. The people are different, they're dressed differently, and they behave differently. And part of me realizes that these are first time travelers in many cases. And on one side, I am so elated that they're getting this opportunity to travel. And on the other side, they're just gumming up the works. Like, you know, they'll just stop in the middle of a terminal <laughs> and just bam, 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 bam. Everybody just runs into each other. Right. And it's like, yeah. uh, look over your shoulder before you stop or change directions. You know, it's just, yeah. it's, it's just simple awareness of your surroundings. And yet they're probably exactly. so mesmerized by the experience, which I get back to the first part is I'm elated. It's just, it's so cool to see first time travelers out there doing stuff. Yeah. But it, it does tend to kind of gnaw at you when you're trying to get from point A to point B.
1: I do love to see that too. I try to take a minute to watch people who may be experiencing this for the first time. Um, I will say, though, a positive I feel like the staffing situation has maybe turned a little bit. You know, I feel like more places now, airports are better staffed. Things are cleaner. Like, I feel like we're maybe making some progress with that, you know, over getting over the hump of the difficulty of hiring um, staff back after the pandemic. So that's promising.
0: Yeah, it is. Well, Victoria, thank you so much. We love the way you think and the work that you bring every day to our sector. To learn more, where are the rabbit holes on bvk.com?
1: The rabbit holes on bvk.com. Okay, so we publish monthly BVK travel insights. And so you can simply go to bvk.com. You should see uh, The Current. It's called The Current, our blog. You can click on that and see past issues of some of the travel trends and other uh, topics that we've covered over the past year.
0: All right. Well, hey, thank you again for coming on. And we uh, hope that our paths cross again real soon at uh, an industry event
1: absolutely looking forward to seeing you again bill and thank you for the conversation today
0: you bet thank you that's it for this edition of dmou tell your friends and peers this is where the best and the brightest come to share their stories it's dmou.com thanks too to our sponsor destinations international which is making plans to convene the dmo sector's leaders at the 2023 ceo summit april three four and five in victoria bc you'll be provoked you'll be prodded and challenge to explore the most pressing leadership and industry issues through remarkable keynotes, hot topic presentations, breakout sessions, and panel discussions. CEO Summit, Victoria, April 345. To learn more, go to destinationsinternational.org. DMOPros.com is where you're going to find links to our services for the DMO sector, plus links to the blog. Just click on the Air Laws link. Also, the links to the Z News, the position papers on board diversity, and a new model for destination development the book destination leadership, and the biggest DMO job board on the planet. Plus access to past episodes of DMOU. That's DMOPros with a Z dot com. Executive producer of DMOU is Terry White, and this is a production of DMOPros. I'm your host, Bill Geist. Until next time.